Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today here at the NBC Sports Charlotte Studios, where I am joined by a Camping World Truck Series driver. I believe only the second Truck Series driver we've had here, Ben Rhodes. Thanks for being here, Ben. Wow. What an honor. After an intro like that, I mean, <laughs> you really know how to make a guy feel welcome. I know. I was just trying to, like, you know, build up your ego a little bit. Appreciate you a lot. We're talking here on the Wednesday before the truck race at Charlotte, which is in two days. So um, I understand you just flew in from your home in Louisville, Kentucky, and appreciate you making time to just come right here on your way to uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. Are you headed straight there from here? Or? We are. Uh, so I'm going to make a pit stop to the hotel first, drop my bags off. Then we're going over to the track to pick the uh, the hauler drivers up. Although uh, our PR girl, Ashley, got a minivan. She's like a soccer mom. <laughs> Saw that um, in the parking lot, yeah. So, but truck drivers are typically, um, they're bigger than me. They're <laughs> They're built a little bigger than I am. So, uh, for comfort's sake, I'm going to go over there in my little Ford Eco, Eco Boost and uh, pick them up. Okay, I'm looking at your bio here for height and weight, but I don't see it. You would check uh, it I'm, I'm about 6'5", <laughs> 290. Um, <laughs> professional bodybuilder outside, outside yeah, the track. Clearly, um, clearly. Yeah, clearly. Well, yeah, I mean. Give or take a foot. And don't push Maybe me, on 100-something pounds. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, most drivers are kind of built like, you know, for somebody from Louisville, you guys are kind of built more like. A jockey. A jockeys. Yeah, okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for it. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. jockey. They had a race up there not long ago. They did. Yeah. They did. So have you been to the Derby very much? Uh, I have. So I used to be the guy that would stand on the street corner with a cardboard sign and a, a Sharpie in his hand, and he would write, you know, parking $20 or whatever, and I would park cars. Really? Uh, we had, well, my family had some property that was really close to Churchill Downs, um, and I would stand out there. We'd park cars. I did that ever since I was 10 years old. And then finally, Delta Dental of Kentucky, a sponsor of mine in the past, uh, actually had me up there the past two years. So I went from parking cars with a cardboard sign to walking the red carpet <laughs> with, with all the stars and going up to Millionaire's <laughs> Row and placing all these bets. And, I mean, just having the time of my life up there. Uh, I couldn't even believe it. It was such a such a cool experience. I yeah. really enjoyed it. So you were born and raised in Louisville, and that was a big part of your life throughout. Yeah, growing up it was. Yeah, yeah. My parents, I remember when I was a little kid, they would be gone, and I'd have to stay with my grandparents for, you know, however long for those days. They'd be gone all day parking cars and just, you know, there's a really quick and easy way to make money. If you don't do it, you're missing out. And, in fact, whenever we don't park cars over there for either, you know, Louisville Cards games or for uh, Thurby, uh, which is that Thursday before Derby, somebody will come over and they'll end up parking cars on the lot themselves. Uh, oh, really? So we'll miss out. Somebody else will take advantage of it, even though we own it. Right. Um, so, yeah, we have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So did you ever give the thought of maybe horse racing instead of auto racing? Uh, you know, I mean, 
Are you saying I am that small? No, or no, no. I'm just curious. As somebody who grew up like immersed in horse racing, well, would you ever think about that? No, no, no not okay. really. No, it's all <laughs> around us. But um, I, I, I prefer more than one horse, uh, horsepower. Yes. Uh, so my uncle was an engine builder, um, and he built engines for for Jeff Gordon and raced sprint cars with them. Oh, no uh, kidding. So okay. they they had a really close connection there, and uh, just kind of listening to his stories growing up and. Um, being around him a little bit, it just kind of inspired us to get into into racing a little bit. But my family knew somebody that had a go kart; uh, they bought it from him, and and we ended up uh, going racing. I think it was my it was the point when my mom looked out the front window and saw me and my brother at five, or I guess probably six and eight years old, uh, spraying the driveway down with the water hose, and then trying to see who could spend the go kart the most times and still pe- keep going straight. <laughs> she figured out we were bored and we need to go to the racetrack. So it was quite fun until that point. But man, once we hit the racetrack, it was it was fair game. So you're 21 now. So that would have been what, 15 years yeah, ago or so? I think okay. so, yeah. And that was when you started racing go-karts? Long time. Yeah. Long time ago. I'm getting old, Nate. Heck, oh yeah, I can tell, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you really, I can really see it in your face. You look weathered. Well, thank you. So your family wasn't so much in auto racing. It was something that you and you said your brother sort of fell into racing go-karts? Yeah, he, he actually got started. He doesn't race now, but uh, he, he got started started first. I watched him for the first couple of weeks, but my family has no background. Uh, I remember as a kid, my dad would watch these videos uh, and read all these magazines, and he was my crew chief. Uh-huh. My mom was the uh, the tire the tire prepper, tire scraper, cook. Uh, my dad was setting them up all up on the on the on the scales and changing motors out and gears, and it just it was a lot of fun at that age. And then as you as you get older, you learn. They teach you. It was so much fun. If I could go back and do it all again, I, I would just because it, I had such such an amazing time. I encourage all the families, any family that thinks they want to get into racing. Go-karts are just such a, an awesome way to do it. Um, those are probably some of my favorite memories from racing all the way up to NASCAR now. How long did you and your family travel together racing that way? Oh, gosh. We did that, uh, I guess, until a, I was about 11 or 12, until I finally got into Bandoleros and, and then up into Legend Cars. Um, so we did that for five years or so uh, for quite some time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure they built a lot of memories. Yeah, uh, we, we got an way. RV and, and loaded the dogs up in the <laughs> RV and <laughs> the whole family and, and, and went down the road. Uh, we would go anywhere from Kansas to, to New York to Florida uh-huh. uh, just looking for the competition. So you have a connection to Jeff Gordon's engine builder was? My my uncle, yeah. Oh, so really? my uncle okay. for marriage. So they uh, – and. It, it was it's pretty neat seeing that he actually ended up building my engines and late models and was helping us out that way. Just huh. kind of a cool a connection. Sure. Uh, I was never really around for it. I was not born a and then b. <laughs> he lives out in Frankfort, Kentucky. So you know we really didn't get to see him until uh, family reunions and different stuff. And then once we got into late models and stuff, he would start coming to the racetracks. And he still comes to some races uh, even now. But he's he's no longer building engines anymore. But it was pretty neat hearing those stories growing up. Some of the stuff I that. Bet. Yeah. You know, you hear about Jeff as a kid, and when Jeff's, like, living with him and going to the racetrack with him, and, you know, they're racing sprint cars together and all this stuff, um, it was pretty crazy for me to hear. And then, you know, just that support from uncle who's seen one guy go from, um, you know, a sprint car driver, just a young kid, to the superstar of the sport in the face of NASCAR. Sure. Um, and that's my uncle, and, you know, he's supporting me and trying to help me do the same thing. I thought that was pretty neat. That is really neat. What's his name? Butch Smith. So he knows those tales of like the early 90s when Jeff Gordon's on like Wednesday Night Thunder or whatever, oh, yeah. winning on all these dirt tracks, and he's probably seeing you come into racing and thinking, who knows, maybe I can see lightning strike twice here. Well, right? that's, well that's, what, uh, that's what he was hoping. I wouldn't say that it's happened yet, <laughs> but uh, he's still he, got time. He still has time. He still has time. We're yeah. trying to make it happen still. Uh, but yeah, that's, it was, it was, like I said, it was pretty cool. I hear, I hear some stories from um, him and my cousin. Uh, my cousin and Jeff were really good friends growing up, and 
uh, hearing some stories that they yeah. have about each other. It's pretty funny. You're still living in Louisville. The team that you race for, Thor Sport, is based in Sandusky, Ohio, which yeah. is where Ashley, who's also in the room here with us, came from. <laughs> what is that like? Because I know the Truck Series is a little bit different from, say, Xfinity and Cup, where the majority, if not all of them, are based within like a 100-mile radius of where we are now. The Truck Series might have some more outliers, but is it different for you where your team is based in Ohio, you're based in Kentucky, and then you know, the rest of NASCAR is sort of in North Carolina and you race all over. Yeah, you've got this little six to eight hour driving triangle <laughs> yeah. uh, that you have yeah. to hit all the points at some point throughout the season. And it is, uh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I feel like I'm more like Carl Edwards in the sense where I want to stay true to my roots and where I'm from and live in my hometown. It's where my friends, family, everybody I know is at. You know, and the team's up in Sandusky. And last year I was up there. If I wasn't on the racetrack, then I was up in Sandusky. Um, you know, a lot of times kind of like the rundown for my week would have been, um, you know, Sunday night, I would drive up to the team. I'd get there Sunday night around, you know, 12 o'clock or so. Sunday was kind of like my half of a rest day, if you wanted to call it that. Yeah. Try, to, try to be as normal as I can with a half of a Sunday. You know, you go to church and uh, go get a couple errands done and then drive to Sandusky. Monday, um, Tuesday, be up in the shop. Wednesday, I'd typically come back, try to get a little more, a few more things done around home and then leave that Wednesday usually. Thursday would be at the track, Friday at the track, Saturday you'd be coming back home. So I spent a lot of time up at the shop last year. This year, a little bit less time. I'm going to school now. So it's eaten some up some of that time that I would typically spend um, traveling back and forth to the race shop. But any week that I'm not racing, I still go up to Sandusky and I'm, I'm there as much as I can be. It's important to be there. But also Charlotte, I mean, that's that's uh, it's, it's a triangle. It's just a yeah. triangle of travel. And it, it makes it tough, but... Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. So how many days would you say you spend actually in Louisville a year? Oh, gosh. I spend that's I still spend majority of my time there, especially this year now that I'm going to school. I go to school Monday and Tuesday nights because that's as much as I can, I can do. <laughs> Even now I'm on borrowed time with Monday and Tuesday nights. I go there, I leave the house about 5, get home about 10, 10, 15 at night doing that, and that makes me stay home a little bit more. But at the same time, I think it's actually helped my team become a little more organized because before we would drive up to the shop and we would have our discussions at the shop and, you know, do this, do that. Now we're, we've come up with some better debrief uh, forms and templates and notes, and I feel like we're, as a whole, we're communicating stronger just because of my remote remoteness on when we right. have those Monday morning meetings. Because you sort of have to, like, know you got to be focused and get we it do. all done right yeah. then. Yeah. We do. And, yeah. and so we'll have a phone call with myself, uh, Eddie Traconis, my crew chief, Brian, my engineer, and then Lloyd Garner, my, my spotter. We'll all get on there. We'll all talk about everything, hash everything out. Sometimes the phone calls will be quick, like it was at Kansas this past <laughs> weekend, where you have a bad weekend and nobody <laughs> wants to talk about it. And, uh, you know, that's a quick one-hour phone call or an hour and a half. And then other times it could be, you know, three hours or or a little longer. So we, we really, really dive into the details, even though that I'm not at the shop on that Monday morning. Uh, we, we dive into the details. And I, like I said, I think it made us more organized than right. anything. You mentioned there briefly you're going to school too. Are you getting like bachelor's degree or something like that? Well, or? so associate's degree in, in HVAC, actually. I'm trying to diversify myself <laughs> in a little bit of everything. <laughs> okay. I went and I got my pilot's license. Uh, I'm working on my IFR right now. I bought myself a, a Volkswagen Beetle, 71 Volkswagen Beetle. Um, this was before I knew Daniel Suarez was all into it. <laughs> <laughs> this this was a couple few years ago before he became really involved in it. Um, I'm still restoring mine myself. I'm a team of one. 
on whatever <laughs> spare time he gets. Yeah. But I've been doing that. I've gotten a lot better with fabrication skills and welding and all that stuff. Um, and then I'm going to HVAC school now at night. I try to keep as busy as I can, and, and I try to just learn as much as I can. Because, you know, racing, it, you do have some benefits of being able to work from home at times and can't have more time, but depending on how, how many forks you have in the fire, you get a little hairy. Well, I'd say a broad knowledge base is a good thing. Uh, give you a little bit to fall back on just in case yeah. uh, the racing thing doesn't work out. Um, Hope I'm it does. Sure it will. Working on it. <laughs> does it help to, I guess, study that HVAC thing and sort of like build like more of a mechanical understanding? Is that help with racing? I think so, yeah. you know, and, and especially with aviation as well, too. I think it just makes you better as a person, you know? You're just developing um, your senses and, and your knowledge base, your intelligence, just everything. I feel like it makes you a better person, and I focus majority of my time still on racing, but the free time that I do have, I want to make sure that I'm kind of cultivating new skills and um, new education, and um, I think it makes me a better person. I really do, especially especially when you go to school for these things and you're in a learning environment. Um, I've learned so much from aviation, just stuff I never would have thought thought about, you know, and it still kind of applies, especially when you're flying the plane, and um, there's a lot of crossovers between managing your your instruments, your gauges, what's right. the various systems you have going on inside a race car versus an airplane. Yeah, there's probably a reason that a lot of drivers are pilots as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's I pretty cool. It yeah. Plus, it's a big thrill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it is. We've uh, <laughs> I've been looking up, uh, like, where to go to do some aerobatic training now uh -huh. because I got my – now that I got my private, I'm going from IFR, which I'm about 10 hours away from. Uh, the IFR means instrument flight rating, so I can fly in bad weather. So the weather – that's outside right now. It's a little inclement coming in today. Yes. Yeah. So I could fly in that uh, after about 10 hours later and, and, and some, some, some written tests and some oral tests. Um, but I'm looking to do, I would like to do some aerobatics. You know who was good at aerobatics? Who's that? Carl Edwards. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? He was, he had his own aerobatic airplane. That's like what he did. <laughs> he didn't tell us about that, I, he I did. feel like. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I no. feel like he might have left that part. Out. I know he was, a f he was a pilot, but I didn't know he was like doing like, so you're talking about flips and stuff? Oh, like yeah. That? Like, cor <laughs> yeah, corkscrews, flips, hammerhead, like the whole deal. So he told me a story in confidence. Yeah, well, he told me about how him and his wife, how he knew she was the one. Oh, it had really? to do with airplanes okay. and somebody getting sick. Oh, and really? The choice on, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was a pretty cool story. <laughs> um, I wish he was here to tell it. it I was dying laughing. Um, I, I kind of felt the same way about my girlfriend. If I can take her up in the plane <laughs> and do some crazy stuff. And she if, can handle it. She's the she, one. She's the one. Yeah. You know, she can handle me. Um, but, no, I, I want to go do it. I've actually been talking to one of my guys who was a flight instructor uh, of mine coming up through the – through the through the I guess the ranks if you want to call it, and uh, he's moved on to bigger and better things now. But he's coming back home this week, and he's like, "Hey man, I looked up. There's a seaplane aerobatics base in Cincinnati off the Ohio River. Maybe we could fly up there. We'll land. We'll drive over to there the seaplane, and then we'll take off and we'll go learn." I was like, "Man, you are crazy," but I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh yeah we have some fun up there still. But, yeah, like I said, it can broaden your horizons for sure. How often do you fly private then? Because you came here commercial today. Commercial, right? yeah. yeah. And I don't get to fly as much as I honestly thought I would get to or I wanted to. Um, the big reason is just because once the season starts, it, I mean, time is just so consumed. And I feel like I have absolutely zero free time anymore. Um, you know, like one thing, for example, one thing I think is fun is I enjoy video video games like a lot of younger folks, I guess, do. And I think Bubba Wallace and some others actually stream it mm -hmm. uh, at times. I thought that'd be really cool, and I wanted to do it. Um, but I haven't I haven't actually turned on my PlayStation 4 in, gosh, two weeks or so. 
and usually I, I turn it on to watch Hulu. I turn it on for – it's kind of like my <laughs> entertainment center, like you no know, cable, just turn it on, watch movies, all that stuff. I yeah. probably haven't turned it on in like two weeks, just so busy. So I haven't actually got to pursue and, and fly as much as I wanted. But I'm going to hop in one on Sunday. I'm going to hop in one on Tuesday, and then Thursday I'm flying up to Peoria, Illinois. I'm going to go meet with some uh, some Maui Gym folks. They're, uh, they're a personal sponsor of mine, and – uh, we're gonna go up there, take a tour of kind of the factory. Now their their home office and main office is is in Hawaii still, oh. but just because of shipping and all that other stuff, you know they have the factory here in America. And Continental. what's what company is that? Uh, Maui Gym. Okay. Maui Gym. Okay. Yeah, I think I've you need seen to try that. their sunglasses. I've heard that. I'm gonna have to get you a pair. They're <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I don't wear sunglasses, Ben. What? But thanks. Well, look at look at you know transitions. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get you some transitions. I don't know. Maybe you can get them tinted or something. You would look amazing <laughs> in some Maui gyms. <laughs> I appreciate we'll that. We'll get you a tropical shirt. <laughs> You'll be feeling better, less stressed. Yeah, I need that in my life, clearly. <laughs> so d- does your life get a little less stressful here? Because there's the truck race Friday here at Charlotte, and then it, does it taper off a little bit? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah we, okay. g- we get about two-week break, which will be good. I've got my final exam coming up in, uh, in my HVAC class, so that kind of works out well you don't have to you don't have to worry about possibly missing it and making it up because of racing you know uh so yeah everything's kind of working out good with with that uh it gives our time our guys and time back at the shop it allows me whenever we have an off week it gives me the chance to go up to the shop for half the week or so and and spend time up there working with the guys on the trucks um but also kind of reset and do some r&d one tunnel time time on the pull down rig um, hopefully we can get into the seven post here soon and just really kind of work on it, some new setups and some new tricks of the trade just to get more speed for the playoffs. Right. And you made the playoffs last year. You won uh, uh, at close. Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Oh, you, you it was didn't close. Make the oh, no, we oh, yeah. made it. Oh, you made but it. But okay. it was close. It was on a tiebreaker. <laughs> oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, tiebreaker. Wow. I figured you were in. Like Flynn, no problem. But I wish. Th- no. well, that's what we're trying to do this year. Yeah, obviously. Well, you're off to a fairly good start. Um, we were. I think, right? You got four top tens in the first six races. so Four top tens. Kansas does not like me. When you go to – you know that meme that says when, you, when you're going to have a bad time? It was like a South Park meme. Are you a meme guy? <laughs> I'm sort of a meme. Well, you know, look at me again. I'm, you're a meme I'm guy. I'm 20-plus years older oh, than you. Come so on. I just try to keep up on social media. Well, for me, I was going to put a meme out there after the race. It says when you go to Kansas, you're going to have a bad time. Um, okay, I think I've heard of that meme. Have you heard of that yeah. meme? Yeah. Well, uh, anyways, uh, we went to Kansas, and that didn't go so hot. So hopefully, I was hoping to try to get ourselves in the playoffs right then and there. So that's one of our best racetracks. Didn't go so well. He would have slayed the dragon right away. So last year, it took till Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it took till Las Vegas. And I mean, and I know every driver says it. They say, oh, this one got away, this one got away, this one got away. But I feel like our guys and everybody on our team honestly is just mad at this point because they feel like there's three so far this season that we should have had that just didn't come to fruition. And the, I mean, I can be mad about it myself. Yeah. And drivers typically have the elephant brain that remembers everything. But when the crew members are mad about it, then you know something's <laughs> up. Um, so like Kansas challenging for the lead, the motor, you know, decides to die on us. Then Atlanta, the same thing happened. And then Martinsville, we were leading, came in for pit stop, came back out like dead last. Not the best kickoff to a season. I mean, it's been solid, but we were second in points going into Kansas. Now we're like fifth and 45 points out. So not not the best, but I don't know if we can make that up. We'll get into the playoffs here soon. we got some really strong tracks of ours coming up, especially in the summer months, Kentucky. Uh, not so much Eldora. Not a dirt guy. <laughs> You're not a dirt guy? I like, even though you I like dirt. Okay. I, I like dirt. I, so I started on dirt go-karts, but after uh-huh. that it was all asphalt. I'm like Bambi. I'm like a deer on ice <laughs> on dirt. I was. I'm getting better. Matt Crafton was like a, a deer on ice, but now he's really good. He won Eldora last year. He's got his own <laughs> dirt car. 
Uh, that's what I need to do, <laughs> honestly. And there have been some glimmers. I mean, like you said, you, you've led some laps here. You've had the pole at Martinsville, and I guess you've had, I'm just looking really quickly here, four poles so far in trucks. Four poles, yeah. And one in Xfinity at Elkhart Lake, yeah. which is a road course. That's fairly impressive. So I'm not a road course racer. <laughs> you got me fooled. I saw that stat and thought, wow, this kid did some go-karts growing up. He must know his way around left and right turns more so than just left, no? I had not ran a road course uh, and a full-size stock car until K and N. Oh, really? Pro Series, okay. yeah. Um, we did a couple couple races that year, and then uh, then it was the Xfinity. So I had only done two road course races until until that Xfinity Series pole. Um, but I had done Legend Car road courses out there the summer shootout, mm -hmm. or no, the Winter Heat Winter Heat Series, the infield road course at Charlotte Motor Speedway. That was fun. Then you, you won five times, 2014, and then that got you, I would think, to that the partial schedule you ran for Junior Motorsports in 2015, and now this is your third straight season, 16, 17, 18, in the Truck Series. So seems like it's been gradual progression, about what you'd expect for someone your age. Each time you do well, you're you're moving up. Moving up, yeah. Water. And and these past couple years, you know, it's it's been filled with some tough times, but. Um, you know, really, I feel like last season was a stronger season than what we showed this year. I feel like it, it could be stronger than what we're showing. Um, just need to minimize some mistakes. We need to minimize mechanical failures between, you know, the two issues we have with motors. We had something break on the right front at Dover, which could have put us into the wall uh, at a very high rate of speed. Uh, luckily, it didn't, but from that point forward, the truck just handled like, oh. I mean, can I say turd? On yeah, can I absolutely, say yeah. Handled I like a turd. turd yeah. Okay, there we go. I said it. <laughs> uh, it did not handle very well. And I was complaining the whole race of the team. I, I told them something felt wrong, yada, yada, yada. Had we raised the hood during the race, we would not have finished over. We would have just pulled right off because it was that bad. So, I mean, three out of, what, five races this year, I feel like we've had mechanical issues. One race, a pit stop issue. So we just need to clean up some of this stuff that's happening, mm -hmm. and we'll be just find to lock ourselves into playoffs and contend for this championship. You feel like, given where you are, experience level, talent level, and where the team is, obviously, Thor Sport being a title caliber team, you, you can be a championship contender. For sure, yeah. yeah. And that's really our goal was this year to, to go after the championship. I mean, last year, we got onto the playoffs. We went out at Phoenix. Had we not gone out in Phoenix, uh, we were the highest running uh, contender at the Homestead race for majority of the race. Unfortunately, we ran out of fuel two laps to uh, the end. Another mistakes on, on pit road that we're working to clean up. But yeah, I mean, I think last year we could have contended for the championship. This year, I know for sure we can. It's just a matter of getting ourselves locked in and, and getting some of these mistakes and, and mechanical failures cleaned up. Um, but once we do that, oh, we're going to be just fine. And I mentioned you, you had that time in the Xfinity Series. Three years ago, you ran 10 races with Junior Motorsports. Was that the situation, Ben, where like, you dipped your toe in the water and then thought, I think maybe full-time in trucks might be better than full-time in Xfinity at this point? Or how did that go? Well we, well, we had speed. But for me, it was it was so difficult when you would run. Literally, those were the only races I ran that whole year. Yeah. Where you have people that may jump into an Xfinity ride or a truck ride part-time throughout a year but they're racing something else every single weekend, right. maybe multiple races a weekend, and then they jump into that, so it's an easy transition. For me, I went six months or so from my last race in 2014 to my very first race in 2015. Actually, I think it was seven or eight months. It was even longer than that. And then I would have you know a month off between each race. Um, so it was just that extremely tough. It was yeah. extremely hard. I, I actually remember going to my first race, which was the middle of the season at Iowa Speedway for the Xfinity Series. It was in May because uh, I graduated high school that same weekend. It was in May, my very first start for Xfinity Series. We finished seventh. That was my best finish. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, you know, this is – 
we can do this. It, it's good. We had really good restarts. I was able to move through the field pretty well. Um, and then as the season went on, I remember my last race at Homestead, Miami that season, and I remember how much tougher everybody was on restarts, how much quicker everybody was. Everybody had gotten so much better. They got leaps and bounds better over the course of that season. Every I was off for a month or even more every single time I would get in the truck, and I wasn't learning. It took me till the end of the race just to feel comfortable again, you know, and everybody else is already on kill mode from the minute they go out to practice. So it was really tough for me, so I said, whatever I do next year, I have to get a full-time ride. I have to go somewhere where I can race every single week, hone my skills, and get better. Um, because really, for me, it was just trying to take a risk, you know. I've found X amount of sponsorship, so I'm, I, this is where I can go. If we perform this year, maybe I can get something else. Well, then uh, Justin Allgaier, uh, Elliot Sadler, those guys came in with full time, full full funding, where I didn't have that, and you know they they were able to secure that full time ride for 2016. For me, I said wherever I go, I need to find where I can go with the funding that I have, and then be be full time because I need to hone my skills. I need to get better. Sure. And so Thor Sport was. I'm glad that I went there. It's worked out really well. Duke and Rhonda Thorson are just amazing, amazing people and. It's funny because I've probably seen Duke around the racetrack a billion times uh, at truck races like Martinsville. Yeah. When he goes to the truck race at Martinsville, he goes down to the hot dog stand, gets himself a few hot dogs, stands up on pit wall, and watches the whole race from pit wall, standing on pit, you know, like standing right there by pit wall, you know, eating his hot dogs. Yeah. And I probably ran into him a million times, but never even knew it. Yeah. Uh, he's just <laughs> such a low key guy, and that's just how he is. He's just yeah. such a low key well, guy. It's, it's I'll, you know, awesome. I'll myself here, same. Like I know he's pretty under the radar and very low key to the mm -hmm. point where I don't know very many media members who have interviewed him. I mean, no. I'm not sure if I could pick him out of yeah. a lineup. No. I've never done an interview with him, <laughs> so that makes me feel a little bit better that you didn't know who he was either until you started driving for him. Well, you know what's funny <laughs> is is his his daughter Allison Thorson and has kind of become more of the face for Thor Sport in the way when we won at Vegas last year. She was the one that was there and did all the interviews on mm -hmm. Thor Sport's behalf. Um, and she's really good at it. So uh, that's just kind of funny. They don't want any part of the limelight. They just yeah. love racing. Right. They love to go to the race and enjoy it just as a fan. They have that buy-in, you know, of, of these are the trucks I own, and, and they have decisions. They make all the decisions on the team. So it's pretty cool to see just how involved they are, but then how pulled back and right. low-key they are about it. Right. Um, it's pretty neat. They're really awesome people. Do you think the team benefits, Ben, from the fact that they are outside of the, the hub, that they are out there in Sandusky and doing their own thing? It, they, there's pros and cons to both sides, honestly. Yeah. There's pros and cons. It, may, it can make it tougher to get people at times because you're so far up there. But at the same time, whenever somebody is let go from a race team, they just roll their toolbox across the street into the next race team, and all their speed secrets go with them. That's not an unfair characterization. So he's very <laughs> proud not to be in Charlotte yeah. and to be doing his own thing yeah. away from you know Race City. Well, that makes sense. I mean, so, yeah. I, I think there's a sense of pride. I mean, certainly we saw it last year in Cup with Furniture Row Racing. There's a huge sense of pride they get from being in Denver and doing it completely and beating everybody yeah. who are here. So yeah. I think it'd be the same in the truck series. It, yeah. it absolutely is, and. and it's funny too. Look at the look at look at the support that Furniture Road Racing got from the city of Denver. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. You know the same thing is is true with Sandusky, Ohio. When when they had that fire at Thor Sport Racing in 2016, um, and they had to rebuild from that. I mean, they had so much support from everybody. I mean, we'll go down the street, right? And uh, I called in to, to get the catering some food for for my guys as like a thank you yeah. uh, for some hard work throughout the season and. I call, tell them it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's for my team at Thor Sport Racing, yada, yada, yada. I need 150 biscuits. I need, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> and it, I'm ordering a lot of food. I mean, like, gallons of sweet tea. And 
they're like, oh, we'll just we'll just give it all to you for free. We love what you guys are doing over there. I, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. You wouldn't hear that down here where it's just it's the norm. Up there, they buy into it. They love the race team. One more question about your team there, Ben. You mentioned that you, you had sponsorship, and it's, it sounds to me as if you, you sort of had to determine like where you want. You were shopping around determining which team you want to align with. How does that work for a driver like yourself? Do you How many teams do you have to talk to? You know, it's How tough. do you get everybody on board? It's got to be, I would think, a huge juggling act. It's yeah. tough. And you know, down here in Charlotte, everybody knows each other. Everybody is friends down here. And I will say one of the major drawbacks for me living out of this city and living up in Kentucky and being home is that, well, Nate, I'm not really friends with anybody in Charlotte. <laughs> I don't have the networking. Right. I don't have the network where, you know, you go out to your local restaurant in Mooresville and, uh, oh, there's Dale Jr. There's, you know, Richard Childress. There's Jack Roush. There's Roger, you know. That might be how a deal happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you can, and, and if it's not them, then you're running into key people. And you see it everywhere you go when I'm down here. I, I run into people all the time. But, I'm not down here, and and so it is it is a drawback, but at the same time it's a blessing. Um, so there's pros and cons to everything. It makes it tough um, because I feel like there are a lot of situations that kind of go down where some drivers get into different spots because of the relationships that they have, um, where I don't necessarily have those. I didn't come from a racing family or whatnot. Um, but I'm trying to do everything that we can with what we have. We've we've got an awesome team around us now. I've got a a team, uh, a team member out of Charlotte here who's helping me with secure sponsorship. A team, a couple team members up out of Louisville that are helping me kind of procure some sponsorship. Um, so just, it's it's a total team effort. Those guys may not be on the front lines or ever see the camera, but they're the ones that are helping me kind of make sure that we can get on the racetrack and go around. And you're certainly uh, taking ownership of that as well, Ben. Uh, wrap up this way. I mean, you you are the first person that I can remember, like the first time I've, I've talked to somebody on this podcast, this is like 130 something episodes. You're the first person I, I think who actually like said to me, Hey, can I be on your podcast? <laughs> and you actually emailed Ashley and five minutes after talking to you, it was the, the wheels were in motion. Give you well, some credit you. for that. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> which thank I, you. I appreciate. And th the reason that happened was you were in this building, NBC Sports Charlotte, where there was some media training going on for some Ford drivers, some young Ford drivers like yourself, I was impressed by that. I was impressed again by the fact that like you're willing to like put yourself out there and obviously understand that you know, showcasing who you are and telling your story to people is is I think what helps uh, keep drivers in rides, not just the, the success on the racetrack. So tell me about what that was like. What was it like going like that that media thing that you guys did here <laughs> that day with I guess it was Marty Snyder and Dave Burns yeah. help you guys out. Yeah. yeah no. So and. All actuality. Well, is that even a word? Yeah. Is it a word? Actuality? <laughs> yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I say that, and I say <laughs> weird things, Nate. So you'll it's have okay. to. You might have to blurp some of this out because that'll make me sound unintelligent. Like I am from Kentucky. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no problem uh, at all. Nothing getting lost in translation okay. whatsoever. All right. Just yeah. gotta make sure you understand and I'm a me here. I'm a meticulous editor, so I'm, I promise you'll sound good. I believe that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I believe that. No, it, it went really well. Um, they had some really good talking points, some really good stuff to go over. But I was making, I was making fun. Well, not really making fun, but um, having fun with some fans the other day, because fans were asking what we did. We were up at Dover, yeah. and I said, yeah, we had some media training this week. They're like, so I've heard drivers talk about that before. What, what exactly is media training? Like, what do you need to talk about? And I said, well, what not to do? Here's a good one. We watched a lot of videos about Kurt Busch. Um, <laughs> we watched a lot of videos about Mike Tyson. Uh -huh. uh, we watched some videos about this, I think he was a Cubs coach, like in the 70s. Uh-huh. 
Maybe. I uh, forget who it is. He le- swung a telephone around and hit a reporter was in the it head. It l- wasn't Lee Elio, was it? It might have been. Perhaps. Okay. He's, uh, anyways, it showed the guy bleeding <laughs> from getting in the head with hit yeah. in the head with the telephone. It happens sometimes um, in baseball locker rooms. Does it? Yeah, occupational hazard of covering baseball players and coaches. They tend to throw things and swear. I think a lot See, more than racing guys. Ashley, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not that bad. She thinks yeah. I'm, I'm not that bad. You're not. You guys are not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was having fun with it to the fans the other day. Yeah, we tell us what not to do but uh really no it, there's a lot of good info in it you know they yeah. they, they kind of help coach you on how to i guess talk to camera and not look like ricky bobby during his first interview um because no sponsor wants to be associated with a dummy um <laughs> so <laughs> they try to help you just look better and you know make sure you can uh relate just be relatable you know what i mean yeah. be honest be humble relatable don't be a jerk Pretty much what it came down to. Okay. Um, so it was, it was good. It was really good stuff. But I got, you know what the highlight for me was, Nate? What was that? I got to meet Nate Ryan. Oh, yeah, please. I wanted to get your <laughs> autograph, but I was too embarrassed. Can I get your uh, autograph? No, I don't give autographs, Ben. Come but on, I Nate. appreciate you asking. Okay. <laughs> Most people don't know who I am, so that, that well, I know would be who you no are. reason I follow you. you would want an autograph. Uh, well, yeah, I appreciate When that. media members have more followers than I do <laughs> on Twitter, that's at Ben Rhodes, by the way, uh, <laughs> then you're kind of a big deal. I mean, like Jeff Gluck. Uh, now, there's a guy with some followers. He's got a lot of followers. You. He asked. He he said his first interview, his first time that I met him, I think was Bristol. We won the poll for the Canaan race. He was uh, was it Canaan? Was it Bristol? Anyways, it was the Canaan series. He's like, hi Jeff, Jeff Luck. I'm like, I know who you are. <laughs> I follow you on Twitter, buddy. Do you know who I am? Uh, it was it's pretty cool. Some of these media members are big time. Yeah, it's so big time. No, that speaks highly of you that you actually like are cognizant of. Hey, this is somebody I should talk to. Not because they have more Twitter followers, but because (laughs) they have a platform and people are going to consume their coverage and and you want to be a part of that. So yeah, well, we appreciate that. Have you done Jeff's 12 questions? I have not. That's it. Hey, Ashley, taking notes over there, Ashley. Okay. She's pitched it, guys. I'll see if I can put a good word in. Yes, Nate. Now that you like agreed to be on this podcast and give me some good content, I'll I'll see what I can do. Put me on 12 questions. I'll give you some fun. Jeff and I sort of are a little bit tight. So are you? uh, You know, I used to work with him. Do Do you drink beer together? Uh, we've had some beers together. He's not I much of a drinker. Recently <laughs> turned 21, Nate. I know. I see that. It got pretty crunk. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Actually, I went out to eat with my grandma. It was right. Yeah, it was right before Vegas. I didn't have. I did have one drink in Vegas. That actually. seems like a bad place to be right after you turn twenty-one. With your grandma? Oh, in Vegas. Oh, <laughs> yeah, or your <laughs> grandma? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it depends was on your grandma. I guess. Oh well. Yeah. Well, she's she's such a she's such a sweet lady. But anyways, on another note, I didn't have I didn't have uh I did have one drink in Vegas. But I'm I'm a lightweight. Okay. I mean, when you look at me, I know you say six foot six, two hundred ninety pounds. Right. Looks like he could really handle his liquor. That's what you probably say, right, Nate? Absolutely. Okay. But somehow it just goes right through he you. He can. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, when you just turned twenty one, you never really had any drinks before. Like I said, I'm not a cool guy, Nate. <laughs> I'm trying. I try. You think being a race car driver would automatically qualify you as a cool guy? <laughs> But I'm here to tell you it doesn't. I'm working on it, though. I think you're getting there, Ben Rose. I'm working on it. Um, I signed the Wall of Fame. I so. know. Yeah, so clearly. You, yeah. Did you sign it? I oh, did. Oh, you guys all signed it that day. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's I a Wall of Fame here at NBC Sports Charlotte where we have all the drivers who come through doing NASCAR America or whatnot, and they sign that wall. So I'm glad you're on it. I'm over there next to Dale Jr., I think. Yeah. I wanted to get as close as I could <laughs> to someone awesome. <laughs> that would improve your cool factor, yeah, I think. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think you're on the way to being cool, Ben. So uh, I Thank wish you. you much luck the rest of the season, and uh, I appreciate you stopping by and doing this. Thanks, Thanks for doing Nate. It. At right. Ben Rhodes, people. At Ben Rhodes. At Ben Rhodes. And yeah. speaking of that, at Nate Ryan is where you should send me any feedback on the NASCAR NBC podcast. As always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. 
please leave a rating and review at Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. And thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.